you're listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast, hosted by Zach Bechtold and Matt Franks. If you'd like to learn more about the Bearded Theologians, you can go online at beardedtheologians.com, where we have past podcasts, blogs, and a couple items for sale. So check us out, beardedtheologians.com. Thank you for listening, and enjoy this week's show. You're listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast, hosted by Matt Franks and Zach Bechtold, and we have a very special guest with us today, um, one that I'm just really excited about. Uh, <laughs> try not to, to fan boy too much over uh, <laughs> our guest today, but we have Leonor Ortega Till with us, the sax player of Five Iron Frenzy. Leonor, thank you so much for being with us. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I'm here in snowy Denver. If you can believe it snowed a couple days ago. It's a little early for that, but here we are. Yeah, it's fantastic. I'm just up the road from you uh, in Cheyenne. So we got, it's great. I love this time of year. (laughs) Well, why don't you tell us uh, and our listeners a little bit um, who you are, kind of where you're from and, and what you do. Okay. Well, actually, I grew up kind of by Cheyenne. I grew up in a tiny town called Pierce, Colorado, um, but I never quite fit in there. I was always on the punk rock spectrum, if you want to call it that. So in the 90s, I got really into punk rock, and most of the kids in my high school were into line dancing or rap. I don't know. Are you familiar with line dancing? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I found that in high school, it was more fun to try to run as fast as you could through the lines during well, a school like dance. That. It's kind of dangerous. <laughs> but anyway, so I didn't know, I didn't grow up with Christian music at all, like zero. So um, I started going to church camp around 12, 13. And at church camp, I met this guy named Micah. And he was a total metalhead. He was like 12 and wore metal shirts. And I was like, dude, your last name's Ortega and my last name's Ortega. And it was awkward for the first couple of days because we just kind of stared at each other weird. And then we started talking, which is what you know you should do when you find out someone has your last name. And it turns out our grandpas are brothers. So we're like second cousins. Is that right? I don't know. Is that how you do it? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Anyway, so he was in a heavy metal band later when we were in high school called Exumator. And I was, you know, always a fan of Micah's, whatever he did. So I started going to this Christian metal band called Exumator. And it meant to exhume. It meant like taking like Jesus takes you out of the grave kind of idea. And these guys were weird. All of them had really long hair. The lead singer looked like Sebastian Bach, but his name was Reese Roper. And I went to several, several, several punk uh, metal shows, and we would pray. We were very serious. We'd pray before the show, and I had a blue mohawk, and they had long hair. And one day they were like, you know, we kind of want to start this side project that's going to be a ska band, and you play saxophone, right? And I was like, yeah, but I don't really know what ska is, and I definitely don't think that there's Christian music like that and you're like you would be surprised <laughs> so that's kind of the story I joined Five Iron Frenzy right out of high school actually while I was in high school 1995 started driving up to Denver for band practice and that was the beginning of the rest of my life I guess you could say yeah that's awesome uh Matt and I both have an affinity for for woodwinds. Uh, mm. We went through high school playing clarinet and bass clarinet uh, and saxophones and things. And so cool. I can't speak for Matt, but it was always my dream that somebody would do the same thing. Hey, you play saxophone. Right. Come do this <laughs> thing with us. Yes. Uh, <laughs> for I, a time I, such as I this. Tried, I lived that dream until um, probably my junior year in college Mm-hmm. And nobody was asking, and I realized there's probably a reason why nobody's asking me to be in a ska band, and <laughs> it's probably time for me to to to, to put it up. 
So, yeah. We always joke and say that the definition of an optimist is a trombone player with a pager. <laughs> Similar story for Dennis Culp. So he's in our band also, but his story was that he came to, he went to a Presbyterian church and we started going to this Presbyterian church just because it was walking distance and we could sneak in from the band house and get chocolate milk and donuts on the way, sit in the balcony and nobody bothered us, right? And they also didn't ask us to take, you know, for the guys with long hair, we used to get asked, if you're going to come to church, put your hair back, take your piercings out, um, just don't cause a scene. But the Presbyterian church was chill. And so Dennis went to that church and he came to a show. And yeah, he basically just watched and he was like, yeah, I'd like to be in this band too. And we we're like, hmm, this guy's like 25, we're 18. He has a real job and a real degree and a briefcase. And it's kind of a yuppie. Is he going to fit in? And I'm glad he did because he actually knows how to read music and most of us don't. So <laughs> it's been good to have someone who knows what keys things are supposed to be in. Right. Yeah. It's, you know, uh, <laughs> I run into that a lot with uh, even myself now of, of, of moving on from classical band trading into this, uh, whatever else I do musically, like, oh, I don't remember what that is. Uh, and then run across <laughs> people of like, hey, here's how you actually play me. Oh, thank you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. That's helpful. It's pretty funny because people are always like, do you write out your songs? I'd love to get some sheet music. And we just really laugh. We're like, what? No, you yeah, can't. Exactly. We scribbled it on a napkin. And I don't know how to. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and, I, and I love that. That's that's something fascinating about the the writing process, uh, both musically and lyrically. Of just here's an idea, let's run with it, um, and the tension between that formality and the creativity that that has. So tell us, um, you guys uh, have been around for what seems like forever, right? Uh, well, <laughs> did you know the story? So in, yeah, we started in '95 and we rocked out till 2003. And so in that time, there was a lot of things we did. We lived in one really nasty, disgusting uh, band house. And then when joined, Dennis joined the band, we started slowly making the exodus into his nicer band house, took over his house. We did everything from a bunch of Christian festivals in the summer, Cornerstone, Alive Fest, Ichthus, Creation, all the big festivals. And then we would do Warp Tour, uh, we got to go to Europe, South Africa, do a bunch of different um, benevolence shows and Ska Against Racism, which was in 98, one of the bigger um, secular tours with Mike Park put that on with Les and Jake, the Toasters, a lot of different you know secular bands. So that's what we did for several years. And then on good terms in 2003, we broke up. Mm -hmm. So then we took a break for, I don't know, Maybe it was seven years. Maybe it was nine years. I don't remember. But in that time, we all got married. And most of us had kids and started careers. And then we got back together in 2011. So that's why it feels like forever. Right. <laughs> Even though there was a pretty significant break. Right. And I, I found you guys uh, in probably about 99. Uh, kind of that same way. Didn't fit in my little Texas town and got into the punk rock scene. And, found, oh, hey, there's really you know, this, this movement of ska. And, you know, unfortunately, it seems like maybe it was on the downhill uh, time of that time frame ska was, um, but kept it alive in uh, my parachute pants and Hawaiian shirts. Did you, did you go to shows in the Woodlands or what town were you in? I was in the panhandle of Texas, uh, south of Amarillo. Oh. Yeah, so okay. we, we saw you guys play in Amarillo once, we, and we saw you in Dallas uh, nice. at the door. Yeah, oh yeah, that's very punk rock. Oh yeah. <laughs> so uh, like, yeah, you're like the, the last five iron frenzy show 
in Oklahoma City in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. That has been by far one of the coolest concerts I've ever been to, even still was, to this day. Yeah, was Reliant K on that bill? I think so. Um, I, I think so. And I think I went because I was with the youth. Was group it like of, an old church, like a big yeah. old church? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was like um, what happened was. Um, my friend was the youth director and she said, Hey, come with us to this concert. I'm paying for you. Just show up. Um, nice. I needed a male sponsor. Just be oh. there to be a male sponsor. <laughs> yeah. Male sponsor. <laughs> and I was like, sure. Like who's playing? And she's like, fire and frenzy. I was like, Oh, I love them. She's like, she didn't realize like, I really, like I was kind of like Zach. I actually knew more about ska music, especially Christian ska music mm-hmm. before I was a Christian. Like it's kind of oh, yeah. was like the bridge that kind of brought me into the church that like there was mm. this, whole subset of people that were like really cool. Like I really like them. Yeah. Um, and so like I, the show was definitely by far, it's, it's like still this day, one of my favorite shows I've ever, like it's, I think it's number one actually in honesty out of all the shows I've been yeah. to. Cause it was so the, that evening, like when everything was done, it was just mm-hmm. like several people there. Like, it was church. Like still, right, day, right. Like, I've not had another experience mm-hmm. anywhere close to that experience. And it was still, still been a fan yeah, yeah. I remember that venue because it was one of those churches where sometimes you get to these churches and, you know, maybe a youth pastor lets you in and has the keys, but there's nobody, nobody is paying attention. And so churches have fascinating places to hide. So we played hide and seek with Reliant K. And so you can hide in baptismals, you can find choir robes, you can find the hidden gems of churches. It's just so bizarre. But yeah, I just remember that really well because it was a very inner city area. Mm-hmm. and the crowd was very diverse and yeah it just felt like a really good place and most of the time for churches sometimes it feels uncomfortable because you're like maybe it's too clean and pristine and you don't feel comfortable having a rowdy time but this church you felt like you were given permission to really be yourself and so it was a good comfortable vibe yeah and that's something that I've always that I always appreciated with your music was <laughs> that rowdy be comfortable with who you are but mm-hmm. you know let's push back against having to pull your hair back and take out uh the mm-hmm. piercings and hide your tattoos and things like that but this, this this is who we are and who we're called to be and let's let's push up against that normal right. uh and see see what happens see where god's at work see all of these things right mm-hmm. um see that we're all just simply people um and i've always, i i appreciated that because again i was in a in an area that you pushed up against that and it just, Oh my gosh. I'll never forget. So Reese, when he started the band Roper, that was after five iron frenzy. And uh, my husband was in that band actually. So I toured with them and it was kind of hard to sell t-shirts after, you know, being in five iron, but I was a supportive wife. And so here's Reese. And he's like, I think was that guy's name, John Kerry that was running for president. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Reese was wearing a pink shirt. (laughs) In Texas at the show, John Kerry shirt. And we're like, dude, you're gonna get you're gonna get in big trouble. <laughs> you just there's we, we had a phrase, this is bad, but always on the way it'd be like, let's mess with Texas. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> we're ready. We're ready. Let's bring it. So it's kind of funny, depending on we also have another phrase called that won't go over good in the Midwest. And that's a <laughs> phrase. That's a phrase lyrically that would come out from our manager, or not our manager. He was the president of Five Minute Walk. He was the owner of it, Frank Tate. And he's a sweet, sweet man. But, you know, he wanted us to be ourselves, and he didn't want to push us, and he didn't want to tell us no. But he would say, hmm, I don't know how that's going to go over in the Midwest. 
<laughs> and he was particularly concerned about the album artwork on our newest album ever. Do you remember? It had like an apocalyptic man with this burning seared trumpet on his forehead. And these, Frank said, why do you have these little foxes or wolves that look like lawyers in the background? I don't understand. <laughs> corporate, corporate USA is, what is happening? What is this man wearing? Like some kind of S&M gear. I don't understand. <laughs> Oh, I love that. Because uh, I, <laughs> I, I often I find myself weird. <laughs> yeah, uh, I often find my because we ask ourselves those questions: Where will this play? Right? Can will this play to my congregation? Will it play to my family? Dude, yeah. I have to ask you: Have you guys heard the the new songs we put out? Yeah. We put out one love for it. the Kickstarter, and then we put out one through the new Ska Against Racism compilation. Have you heard them both? I've not heard the Ska Against Racism one. So that one, the Ska Against Racism one, came up. Uh, as I was, list- I was looking at things today, and that one like, keyed up in for me, and so I got to listen to that a little bit today. What do you think, Matt? <laughs> I'm excited. Like I'm, uh, <laughs> it, it actually brought back like some other things too. Like I was listening, and I can't remember what it was, but it was one of your older albums. Like wow, that preaches for today still too. Mm-hmm. Like it just, it just stuck with. It's it like, you know what's really, and that's what's really good about some music that you listen to. Maybe it's stuff that you were so used to growing up. And you hear it, it's like, wow, that still speaks today. Like, mm-hmm. and it touches you and like, oh, like, you know, like, you know, it just, it hits, it hits, it hits home. Yeah. Um, and, and like, I think it, I'm, I'm really thrilled about what y'all are trying to do. And like, I'm, I'm interested to see what the response will be because like yeah. you know, the, the whole idea, <laughs> like, you know, like Meso Texas, like, yeah, that, that's definitely going to be fun to, to see how it plays there. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, in the Midwest, like, yeah, that's going to be like, I'm, I'll be intrigued to see what the response will be. Yeah. I think that releasing So We Sing as our Kickstarter was really fun. I think that song is really fun. I think it's very positive. It, it's an homage to Peter Pan and Therese kind of um, looking at the theme again of kind of like every new day, like when we're adults, we don't want to fly anymore. We don't, we forget how to fly, you know, and what a, what a, what a sad story. What a sad story that we're supposed to be modeling for our own children how to live this life of faith and positivity and, you know, God's given us, you know, the whole concept in Corinthians that whatever God wants for us, we're going to do, you know, what no mind can even fathom. But we get bogged down in the reality, right? Mm -hmm. And we want to call it the man, but it's not really the man because there's a man in each of us, you know, pushing us down, right? And so I think it's fascinating to be in this band too because there is a dichotomy of, grow up, put on your big girl panties or your big boy panties and make it work. And then there's also the part that's like, nah, dude, like put that in the shelf and come to a fire iron show just for a night and come mm-hmm. rock out. A lot of the times we're playing with MXPX or squad five O or some secular old ska bands, have a couple beers, have a good time, forget that you have all that responsibility. And I think that so we sing really speaks to that release that we need. Absolutely. And, and I know Matt and I find that being, being pastors, we often have to, we have to do that in some cases, right? There's just the time and the place that we've got to you know, put your big boy pants on and go, go do the <laughs> thing we have to do. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah. But we long for those days that we can just go sit and have a beer and be real with people uh, right. and let them be real with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's that constant, Oh, pastor, I'm sorry. I didn't come to church. I don't care. Go be where you need mm-hmm. to be. You know, mm-hmm. you owe me nothing. You owe me no apologies. Just go be, go be you and go be in that place. It was, it was really hard for us. It was really hard for me to have an alcoholic beverage in front of fans. 
Mm. Even after I had had two kids and had been married for 10 years and, you know, not been in five iron, it just, we, the first round of five iron, we just didn't do that. We didn't drink. We didn't watch R rated movies, which I still can't handle, but we were very, in some ways we were legalistic with ourselves because we were coming out of, you know, high school rowdiness and then you had gotten saved and then you wanted to uh, represent Jesus in this this way and with these rules for ourselves and so for me personally even though I you know loved margarita it took a long time to be like go up to the bar kind of awkwardly and some beefy dude which are all the five iron fans is like oh my gosh Jeff can I buy you a shot and I'm like yeah you would love to let's do that let's have a shot like why not why not but it it took a while yeah oh for sure I can I can remember the first time uh, I sat in public at like a Chili's or something with my wife <laughs> right. and child uh, right. and didn't look around to see if there were church members in the room, mm-hmm. right? Just, mm-hmm. I'm going to be me and I'm going to have this beer uh, and it's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. And that's how I've been with the, uh, in the I'm in a community where I have a, um, you know, liquor store and I'll walk into the liquor store and I'll see church yeah. members like, Hey, how's it going? Like I'm real, like right. overtly like, Hey, how's it going? Like, mm-hmm. don't be awkward because your pastor's walking in the liquor store. Just <laughs> yeah. roll with it. It's okay. Right. Um, we had uh, the Five Iron Frenzy listening party at a brewery, actually. Mm-hmm. And it was very awesome. Nobody was getting out of hand. It's, I mean, Colorado, we love breweries. You know, I didn't even know I liked beer. I, I didn't know. Dude, chai stouts, milk stouts, pale ales. I like beer. I can say uh, it. It's yeah, awesome. absolutely. <laughs> I'm just it, a very, I'm a very high maintenance Latina when it comes to drinking. So if I'm going to have a Corona, I want salt around the edge and a lime. Yeah. And it has to be Drop really a lime in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I did my seminary work in Denver and we, uh, oh. we did probably more drinking at breweries than we did seminary work. So <laughs> <Right>. uh, <laughs> it's good stuff. Were you, at De- were you at Denver Seminary? I was at uh, ILIF. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, there at DU. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a good time. Um, no. So, so that's. I mean, that's a ton of fun and, and getting to know one for me coming in from, from having um, this history, I guess, with you guys on the outside, you don't know me, but I know you right through sure. your music. Uh, <laughs> I guess you know me. <laughs> right. Exactly. And, and, and you know, like kind of like Matt said of the, the shows and the lyrics and the music just really spoke to us growing up and still, still do very clearly. Uh, and to a lot of people as y'all launched this new, uh, new album that just, mm-hmm insane right um there there's something oh i lost my train of thought i was going somewhere with that uh there there's something about it all that brings us in that brings us close together and shows that we can be who we are we can be human and mm-hmm. um you all doing that through music uh is truly life-giving to a lot of people uh and i hope i hope y'all don't underestimate that as a band if I overthink it, though, that's bad. I don't. Of course, right? So when I was young, like I said, I grew up in the country. And I don't know if it's something God gives you or if it's just a personality type or because I grew up in the country. I was, I was creative because there wasn't much to do. You couldn't go to the mall. You couldn't go to movies or anything like that. Like you were in the fields. You were in the sticks. So you talk to imaginary friends, right? And just camp with your own creativity. But I always wanted more. And have you ever seen that movie Moana? Oh, yeah. 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 And she's like, there's got to be something beyond the sea. I really identify with that. I was like, there's got to be like, I come from a Mexican-American background. And 
a lot of people in my family, and I'm not trying to talk badly about anybody, but nobody would go to college or graduate high school. Like I'm the second one ever and the first one ever to go to college other than my mom, like the opportunities and the fact that I can say, I've gotten to go to South Africa and Europe several times and New Zealand a couple times. And just the opportunities and things that I've done with my life is nothing short than a miracle to me. Mm-hmm. And so if I, but, but then there's this other like hard part of being in a band where it's like, it can, if you put yourself on this pedestal, you start to believe that you should be there sure. and you kind of get to be like a jerk. So if I, if I think too much like, Oh, we're pretty cool. We have a message. We have something to say. Yeah. We're, we're, way more Christian than them, but we're, you know, we fit in with the secular crew really good too. So <laughs> right. I could just, it, it could be bad. And so I've struggled too, to just stay humble with the position mm-hmm. that I'm in. Of course. And, and so much of that is just living into your call when you're living into who you're called to be, right. As a musician and, and God's given you these talents to go, go forward. Those things fall in line. Right. Uh, and that humility tends to be there. Sometimes. Sometimes, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, so do you want to talk a little bit about the project, um, what you got going on Kickstarter and all that? Um, yeah, so isn't that interesting? Did you watch it? Did you see it? Oh, my God. So, so that was like, <laughs> I, I, I think it was like right when it came, like I sent it to Zach, like, dude, look at this. And by the time I sent it to Zach, and by the time he had replied, right. log in, yeah, it just like, yeah, it, it was amazing. So Brad and I were, we we've been, you know, planning this, but then even though we've been planning it, we personally launched it really fast. We only had like a week to get all the back end figured out. We knew we were working on songs, but we didn't know how long, how excited. Once we started like talking, it was like, let's do it, let's do it, let's do it. And now once we had the momentum going, and all of a sudden it's like ten, nine, eight, seven, fast, 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 and so. Brad came over and we hit launch on the um, on the Kickstarter and we were live streaming and all of a sudden we're just watching the number go up, 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 31 minutes to reach our $60,000 goal. And and last time we asked for 30000 and that took about an hour. And last time I had five opportunities for people to go on a Jeff the Girl tour of Denver and I, I offered five and it took 60 days before they all, all sold out. This time I offered five. Those sold out the first day. Offered five the next day. Sold out the second day. I'm capped, dude. That's plenty of. I can't do more. But that's crazy, crazy. Yeah, it's insane. And uh, you know, for anybody who has ever done a fundraiser, a Kickstarter, or anything, ninety-nine mm-hmm. percent of the population hits refresh, and maybe it goes up a dollar. <laughs> and I can't imagine sitting in your seat watching that ticker just skyrocket like that uh yeah i think i attribute part of that to having an amazing fan base you said it earlier you touched on it which is you didn't say this but you were you were kind of alluding to the fact that five iron fans are their own thing Mm -hmm. i really believe that i believe there's a certain type of person that doesn't quite fit in here doesn't quite fit in there if someone says i'm a five iron fan it's like oh i know something about you Mm -hmm. like that's different right? It's almost like a, like a sorority or fraternity. I don't know. It Um, absolutely is. Yeah. It's hard to put your finger on exactly what that brand of person might be like, but, and I try not to assume, but there is a different beast with a five iron fan. And so you have not only the social media presence, but you have a sense of obligation to a cause that is bigger than yourself. And so because for so many years, a lot of our tours were adjoined with a benevolence, we're raising money for Kenya. We're raising socks. We're raising blankets. We're raising food. 
orphanages, whatever we did, people started to incorporate this idea of if I support Five Iron, it makes a difference. And that's a weird branding. That's also pressure, but it also has a truth to it, which is if I want this message to be understood and even considered by people that I, the biggest amount of people possible, then I have to get on board and support it. And I think that's the excitement to this new album uh, and this season that we're in. And that's what I'm excited to see. Kind of what Matt was saying is like, what's going to happen now? Right. Right. Well, and that to me is like the, the idea of the response. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see like how far you get. I was like, man, if I had like $9,000 to spend, I would help put you over that 200,000. <laughs> like if I had it just like, if it was just nothing to me, <laughs> like, right, I, right. like I would love to do that right now just to put you over the 200,000, just to see what would come next. And um, I don't know what's going to come next. We're talking about it every day. We're like, do we want to do this? We want to do that. Um, also a thing that I like about being in this band is there's nobody in charge. I love it. And I hate it. I love it. And I hate it. We we've, we've had managers before and we actually have to fire them because we're bad at being managed. Mm. We don't let them do their job because for so long we didn't have managers. We know how to do everything. What it really is, is the cat wrangling, you know, like getting someone into the conversation that can show us out because we have so many passions, which is a good thing, but we also have eight different point of view point of views. We have eight different um, theological backgrounds, um, two of which aren't Christians at all. Mm -hmm. So you have all that. And then you have a lot of different political people, political spectrum people, different all across the board. Not only that, you have people that are different culturally and some age difference. Um, And so it's hard to all be on the same page with the same voice and the same passion. So that fact that we're together and can do that, that's also a miracle to me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Matt, Matt and I can speak from that for two people uh, <laughs> hosting right. a podcast, right? right. We, there are things that we want to do collectively and there are things that we want to do separately. Mm-hmm. And then you had six more people to that group with the mm. same thing. <laughs> and so it's amazing. I mean, it's, um, it, it's, I've always been in awe of ska bands because one, they're so big, uh, right, right? right? You just, you had a horn section and there's, three, four more people uh, on top of what you already have. And uh, to come together cohesively like that is a beautiful uh, and really fun thing. You, you not only have to, the big thing in the beginning is you have to find the space in the song. So when you're thinking about a song, there's only so many areas where vocal melodies can fit, horn melodies can fit. And so in the first place, you're vying for that space. Then you're vying for that message. Then you're vying for what shines in this song isn't going to shine in that song. What shines on this album might not shine on that album. Then you're vying for uh, who does what. So one of the interesting things about Five Iron is that everybody in the band has a job. And so um, that means that nobody gets paid more than anybody else and nobody is less than anybody else. Some people write more music. Some people pack the van. Some people order the merch. Some people do all the taxes. Thank the Lord it's Dennis. Um, I do a lot of the, um, interviews and I do a lot of fan relations, I guess, like, you know, answering letters, talking to people, hanging out at the show. Um, does that have merit? Yeah. Everybody, some people are extreme introverts. They don't want to come out of the green room. And then if everybody was like that, that's when you end up on a message board. Everyone says, you know, face to face or jerks. No, they might all just be introverts. <laughs> like we're lucky to have some extroverts, right? 
So anyway, it's, it's interesting if everybody has a job to feel like you're part of the team. Mm -hmm. Certainly. Uh, oh gosh, I was going to say, I don't know. Well, you can edit. <laughs> <laughs> we can. But, so, like, we yeah, don't know heavily, but we that's can. That's funny. Is like we try not to. We try to make it like a like we're just sitting at a at a table, like and and, and I think that that's like you, you take what you all do and you you each have your parts. And the same thing like with us, like you know, there are things that I do that Zach doesn't, and there are things that Zach does that I don't do, and and that's what I think makes for a beautiful partnership. And and then you add in like to have the balance of all the people that you have uh, given the fact mm -hmm. it's a ska band. So it's not just like three people. It's, you know, it's a whole group of people in a cloud of dust. Um, it's always <laughs> nice to have those places and spaces to say like, you know, Hey, those are guys, those guys are introverts. I'm the guy that you want to talk to. Like just, right. You know, just don't go, don't go mess with them. And sometimes that's how it is. That's kind of sometimes with Zach and I, Zach's like, yeah, don't mess with him. He, he's, mm -hmm. he, he's in, he's in his head. Uh, just, he's kicking just the pig over yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, um, and so just, you know, let him be. Um, and I think that that's what, you know, like beautiful about those kind of relationships is it allows space for creativity to happen in that point. Cause mm -hmm. you know where your wheelhouse is and you know, um, you know, where you're stretching yourself and where like, you know, it's, you know, it ends up being a great thing. And that's, I think that that's how, like, especially when you're working with more than one person, those collaborations become really good when mm -hmm. you play to your, play to everybody's strengths. Right. Our favorite things So we play a lot with uh, MXPX, like I said, and after a show, you're on a high, everybody's feeling so good. It was an awesome night. You sold tons of merch, people rocked out and they're like, let's go on the town. We're going to go get some pizzas. We have like a whole group coming with us, like some fans some friends, some family members, people in town that know us, go get some beers. Not us. We like to go to the hotel room, laugh at stupid YouTube videos, maybe share a six pack, um, order some pizza, just be with each other. We like to be with each other and it's the inside jokes start pouring out and, you know, maybe a couple spouses come on the road and that's fun too, but it's not about the more is more because we already have more. Like it's, it's actually really nice to have this many people in the band and go be able to go to a restaurant and all sit in a few booths, which is us. Like it's huge. We take over the whole restaurant, right? Like a, a waffle house is inundated with this many people, but there's something beautiful about saying, I really look forward to seeing you. And we fly out one weekend a month and put our lives on pause from a Thursday to a Sunday night. And yeah, it's hard, but it's more fun than anything. And we don't always make money, but it's like, oh, what a beautiful respite. What a beautiful way to get my energy out. And for me, it makes me a better wife because I need all that attention and all that excitement. So I'm dying during COVID. I'm dying, you guys. <laughs> yeah, you know, and... and that, that, that's such a testament to who you are as people. Uh, one that you just simply enjoy time together. Because mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, people don't always enjoy time to, together with the folks that they work with or create with. They, right. they're, maybe they fell into this situation. Maybe at one point they enjoyed time together. Mm -hmm. uh, but for one reason or another, that those relationships get strained and time together mm -hmm. gets strained. Um, but for you all, especially in the last 10 years, y'all kind of dispersed. Uh, right. Doesn't seem like you're all in the Denver area anymore. There's and only so, five of us. Yeah, five of right. us in Denver. Right. And so you're right, that respite to come back together, one to something that is familiar, 
but also fresh and new each time you do it mm-hmm. uh, because you have the stories uh, that are new and the inside jokes that are old uh, and you just keep <laughs> building on that, right? <laughs> right, right. Sometimes people say something like Lubala or just just some, stu- I can't even say like, oh, how about this one? This is a good one. What if we made an album called Worthy of the Bird? Like the Devil Ward. See, we right? have yet to do that. That's another idea. We just have all these we used to have, like I said, we had a band house, so we lived together. So we were living in the school bus when we toured, living in the band house, starting a church called Scum of the Earth together. Reese and I were going to college together, so we would fly out on weekends to the shows to catch up with the guys. So much life together. And in our old band house, we had like a little, um, what do you call that? Like, not a folder, but like, uh, it's hard and you can put papers on it. I don't know, like kind of like a Bible. Oh, like a clipboard. Clipboard, yeah. yeah. So, because we had so many guests come to the band house all the time, and they could suggest the name of our next album. Anyone could write what they thought it should be. So that was interesting. Yeah. <laughs> right. It is. It, it really is. Um, I was. I don't know. You thought of one. I'm so yeah. I always have them. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's something ingrained in young men that they start thinking about the names of the albums before they have a song, right? Like, oh, this yeah. is the logo. This is the band name. You don't have a song, dude. <laughs> Can you yeah. play an instrument? But gonna yeah, have think- a band and a band name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I actually think we went like three weeks before. Or actually, we went like six months before we had a podcast. Like, oh, we had the sure. name. We had the. Right. We had everything. We just hadn't put it together and then I have a podcast too and I have my name but it took me forever because the back end of a podcast is a lot harder than people think yeah Mm -hmm. yep it is it is uh so much of just anything we create is getting out and doing something anything Mm -hmm. to figure out what what it is we want to do and and podcasts are no different right Uh, right they're no different uh, in that creative process um yeah so I mean we want to be respectful of your time um and you know we're just, we're just I think we're, I think Zach's more in awe uh, that uh, he's going to have this conversation. Um, <laughs> I'm not so often speechless and just <laughs> yeah. Well, well let me say something interesting. I'm also a pastor, and so right. a lot of people don't know that. But I'm preaching Sunday. This will be the first time since COVID. You know when we started uh, living in the house, kind of self quarantining, all this that I will be giving a sermon. Um, it will be in the front of an apartment complex, wearing masks, and it's part of an outreach. Um, to a particular large apartment complex. And this will be new for me. So I'm just putting it out there. I would appreciate prayers. Um, Not a lot of people show up, but it also is new for me. I'm not nervous, but I'm wondering, do I wear my mask? Do I take it off? Um, There's also an elderly population that like to hug. Mm -hmm. And it's hard. It's hard to say no. It's hard to have boundaries. This is all new for me. I've been, you know, we've been giving tons of uh, coats and blankets and food and dry goods to the people that live in these apartments. There's about 300 people that live there. So we've been, you know, making sure people have what they need. But this is the first time I will be spiritually giving them what they need. And it's I, it's new. It's new. And so I don't know. Have you guys been back in the pulpit since all of this? Uh, here, here in Cheyenne, we are. So I made the move from Montana to Cheyenne mm-hmm. in the end of June, uh, which moving mid-pandemics. Mm-hmm fun uh um we've been outside we have our church space has a beautiful lawn and so we've been Mm -hmm. outside uh which in mass doing the social distancing thing but we've had we've been able to avoid 
the inside stuff. Right. right. Uh, and having to sanitize and do all of that work. That's and good. how many yeah. people do you let in and all of those things. And so it's different. Uh, but it's there's something freeing about being able to do worship uh, mm-hmm. outside in mm-hmm. in in the neighborhood and in the elements. Right, right. And that's where we've been. Like, so I'm in uh, I'm in like one of the top four states with COVID. So like I'm in a red bad state. Like we shouldn't be where doing are you? anything. I'm in Oklahoma. Okay. Um, and so um, we have it. We're like the only church in town that is not offering in person worship. Yeah, because, but that's probably a good choice right now. Oh yeah, the medical people are like definitely excited or okay with like they're yeah, that's good. Know. Um so I haven't I haven't seen I haven't preached physically to my congregation in almost twenty-eight weeks. Um, and, um, we've done events like come and we do, we call them come and receive uh, communion. We actually had, so Sunday we had a come and receive communion and a baby shower. So we had the family with the baby shower and they could do their communion and baby shower or however they did it. And and so that's been, um, uh, it's been interesting. Um, especially Mm -hmm. like, um, I I was joking with Zach when all this started that the uh, podcast definitely prepared me for doing, these things yeah. without an audience because right. um, that's been rough. Um, right. And, um, but it's also allowed, like Zach said, it's allowed some room for some creativity. I wouldn't have gotten to do elsewise. Mm-hmm. And I think of what I did um, for Holy week um, for good Friday service. And I had like, like 15 different voices uh, came and, and preached about uh, the last, the last kind of the last moments of, of Jesus's life. And it was just powerful. Um, and so being able to do some things I wouldn't have been able to do otherwise has been really right. fun, but That's still, cool. I mean, I, I, you know, um, I look forward to the day when we can meet, but I mm-hmm. also know that like my top priority is making sure that nobody gets sick under my watch. And right, so right. like, I've got to do all that we can. Yeah. Um, and just wish we were in a space that we could do that. But I live mm-hmm. in a state that that's not happening. Right. There was uh, the opportunity I had to do one sermon where same thing kind of pre-recorded, mm-hmm. but then one church that I was at um, was a zoom call and it was about 50 people. And it was fascinating because their missionaries from Turkey were able to sit in people that have extreme disabilities that normally don't get to go to church. Anyway, we're in people were in different people's background backyards yeah, coming And then I kept messing up because I'm supposed to like kind of look, you know, when you're doing Zoom, there's a place where you're supposed to look so you don't get like, I don't know, it looks like you're looking in someone's eyes, but I couldn't do that. So I'm like, people were interacting and it was like Muppets, you know, because there's so many people interacting and I keep, I went back and watched it and I'm like, my eyes are all over the place, but it was cool because they had a half an hour of fellowship before and a half an hour after. And I've gone to that church and I've preached there a lot. And normally we don't mix a lot. You have the people that are getting coffee, the people are saying hi to their friends, and then the people just come late and sit. So this, you could see everyone's face. You could see a little bit of their home, which is a little invasive, but kind of cool. And then people would, you know, we had the worship leader, and his whole job was kind of to, how are you? How are you? What are you up to? You know, he knew everybody, so he could kind of facilitate more fellowship than I usually see. And so they said, we're excited when we can get back together because we feel like this is going to grow our community. That's exactly how I feel. Like, yeah. um, and it, like some of the opportunities that we've been able to provide um, mm-hmm. and the connections we've been able to make, um, I mm-hmm. think that that's going to only strengthen us in the long term. Is right. um, you know, and some of it's just, man- I mean, it really is just managing. I mean, that's really where we're at. And so, like, yeah. you know, holding our breath and making sure, like, you know, I, I have to admit, like, 
um, our little care team that we have has done amazing work at checking mm-hmm. in on people who can't connect in. Cause that's like right. my big concern is those right. people who can't afford to connect in for whatever reason. Oh, yeah. um, but they've been amazing. Like I'm, I'm definitely, I think this has strengthened our church in a lot of ways. Um, Very and, cool. Um, it's just been amazing. It's, it's been a fun time to do church. I mean, in honesty and like things like this, like being able to, mm-hmm. you know, like this is our fourth year. Yeah. Fourth mm-hmm. year. Um, you know, we've pretty much recorded every week of the bearded podcast. Yeah. The bearded theologians. Yeah. <laughs> and so like, um, and kind of like you all with, uh, with the band, like we've been to places we never thought we would have been mm-hmm. at it, you know, and we just kind of take it in stride and we, you know, we have fun while we're doing it and, you know, making sure that we're trying to do all the good that we can, um, mm-hmm. any, you know, all the places we can. So that's cool. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, like you say, it's Matt and I started out to create space for people to wonder and mm-hmm. uh, find a, find their, find their place. And uh, it, it set us up for a time such as this with COVID and digital ministries and having to do whatever we're doing uh, yeah. in church differently because we, we have to. Mm-hmm. Uh, we needed to before. Mm-hmm. We have to now. Yeah. Um, but it has opened up, you know, families that live across the country or world from each other can go to church together now. Yeah, um, cool. And and that line of um, territory or, you know, whatever that kept us from actually connecting with either people or, you know, greater, greater expanses of people is, is gone now. Mm-hmm. Um, church, church and, and ministry aren't, aren't going to be the same. Uh, I right, think they're going right. to look a lot like this and a lot like what you're doing of being mm-hmm. out in front of people, wherever you can be, um, mm-hmm. because there's space, uh, right. and there's necessity and there's, there's hope in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's something important for us not to forget if the pandemic ever ends. Right. 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 Well, I'm excited for this new album because in some ways it's a distraction. And I think that it's, it's a good distraction. I needed it personally. I really needed this joy to come back. I needed this energy, even just recording, playing my instrument on new songs, just using new muscles. And I'm super stoked and I'm grateful to have been part of your podcast. Um, Again, if you ever want me to come back on, we can do more theology. I probably know a lot less than you think. (laughs) But it's fun. It's fun to talk theology, too. So I would actually, I'm kind of asking, can I come back sometime? Uh, uh, Can we we get deep into theology? Because I find that those conversations are really fun. 100%. You have an open invitation to come back anytime. And then we'll have more to talk about when the new album's out. More about the songs, the theology of the songs. Yeah. And so... um, the, we'll list that we'll have a link to the um, Kickstarter there uh, in the cool. podcast uh, mm-hmm. for people to connect into. And, you know, we thank you for your time. And, um, you know, this has um, just been a great experience. And like, I'm just like, I'm kind of like exactly like, this is awesome. Like this is definitely in the top <laughs> 10 of our podcasts of interviews that we've had. 100%. Uh, Cause Very cool. uh, it combines some of our passions and um, you know, I mean, just have to be honest, like it's, you know, when, when I said, Hey Zach, see if we can make this work. I say that a lot to him and we get shot down way more than we get accepted. <laughs> and so yeah. when, when we got accepted, we were like, this is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> and so, it's fun. Super um, fun. you know, we thank you for your time and um, the album, you know, um, and all that information will be listed in this. And so, um, mm-hmm. so for the bearded theologians, I'm Matt Franks. I'm Zach Bechtold. Thanks for checking us out. Guys, I want you to subscribe. And like this video. And put that thumbs push that thumbs up.
Thank you for listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share on all social media outlets. You can check out old episodes and more information at beardedtheologians.com. Thanks for checking us out.